This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today, especially if this is your first time to view Getting to Know Your Bible. Now today we have a subject that I think will touch the lives of all of us, curing discouragement. All of us at some time become discouraged. How can we overcome it? Stay tuned as we discuss that today. Now on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible course. This is one that you can study in your home. And for the benefit of those of you who are watching today for the very first time, we want to pause long enough that you can learn more about the course, learn how to receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. In Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, the writer says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. How would you define discouragement? Well, discouragement uh, is a person who has been uh, deprived of confidence, a discouraged person is a person who is deprived of hope. They're lacking in courage. But discouragement is a very common problem in our world today. And, and discouragement, in all probability, is one of Satan's most useful tools. I read the little story, and of course it's just a fictitious story, about the day that Satan had a yard sale. And he had all of his useful wares out there, things that he'd use in, in trying to ensnare mankind. And that which had the highest price on it was a tool called discouragement. And indeed that is his most useful tool. If Satan can just, just discourage you, then he has the battle won. And how many people have failed to achieve all that they could in life 
simply because they became discouraged. There are a lot of examples in the Bible of people who became discouraged. And one of those people who became discouraged was a prophet by the name of Elijah. Elijah was a prophet who had challenged and destroyed the prophets of Baal. And he seemed like a superhero. He, he seemed like a superman and, and, and Rambo and Walker, the Texas Ranger, all wrapped up into one. He just seemed like a superhero. But then when Jezebel learns about what Elijah has done, she gets after him. And now we find Elijah hiding. And Elijah is so discouraged. He's discouraged to the point that he says, Lord, I'm the only one that's left. And I just would rather die than to live. But when a man gets into a fix like that, he's pretty discouraged, isn't he? Well, the Lord assured him that he wasn't the only one left. And he encouraged Elijah to, to eat and to rest. And it wasn't long until Elijah was up going about God's business again. He overcame the discouragement. Another Bible example of discouragement is that of Jeremiah the prophet. I like Jeremiah. I like to read the book of Jeremiah. He's, he is such a great example to those who preach the gospel. He was preaching to a people who actually did not want to hear what he had to say. And he became discouraged. If you'll study the 20th chapter of Jeremiah, you will learn in the ninth verse that he, he became discouraged that he actually said, I think I'll quit. But he could not quit because the word of God was in his heart like a burning fire. But the fact is, he became discouraged. I, I have an idea that it was discouraging to Samuel God's judge, after he had instructed Saul to go and destroy the Amalekites, and Saul did not do what he said, that no doubt was discouraging. And then when the people began to chant that they wanted a king like all of the other nations around them, Samuel became so discouraged because he thought the people had rejected him. But God said, no, Samuel. They've not rejected you. They have rejected me that I should not be king over them. But the point is, here was a great man of God who became discouraged. And likely, I'm speaking to someone right now who's discouraged. Maybe you're discouraged about your marriage. Maybe you're discouraged about your children. Maybe you're discouraged with your job or the lack of a job. Maybe you've been looking for one and you're not able to find one. And you've become so discouraged. You see, the world is calculated to discourage us, not to encourage us. Well, what are the causes of discouragement? Well, one thing that causes discouragement is when we become physically and emotionally drained. I think that's what must have happened to Elijah. 
Here's a man who had been out challenging these prophets, these false prophets. He destroys them. And now he is emotionally drained. And at, his, at this point where he is physically and emotionally wiped out, he becomes discouraged. I think another thing that causes us to become discouraged is when we're criticized. You'll not live long before you're criticized. Occasionally I receive criticism from people who watch Getting to Know Your Bible. And I appreciate constructive criticism. But sometimes criticism has a way of discouraging us. Another thing that might discourage us is when we feel as though we're not being appreciated by those that ought to appreciate us. Sometimes a woman, a wife, becomes discouraged because she feels as though her husband takes her for granted, that he does not fully appreciate what she does. Sometimes there are parents that become discouraged because they do not think their children really appreciate them. There's many a preacher who's packed his belongings and moved to another part of the country all because he thought he wasn't being appreciated by the church where he was. Another thing that can cause discouragement is putting too much dependence on men. When we start putting dependence on human beings, we're putting dependence on imperfection. And we need to put our dependence not on man, but on the Lord. That's why Solomon said, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Another thing that can cause us to become discouraged is confusing failure in a project with failure in life. Here's an individual, and they have a certain project they're working on. And that project fails. And then they become so discouraged. They say, I have just failed in my life. No, you've not failed in your life. You failed in a project. I read the story once about uh, Thomas Edison's lab burning. And here was all of his work going up in smoke. And he told his son to go get his mother. Says she's never seen a fire like this. And it said that after it burned, Thomas Edison laid down and went to sleep for a while. He did not become discouraged. And aren't you thankful that men like Thomas Edison did not become discouraged because all of us benefit from his work today? Yes, there are lots of things that can cause us to become discouraged. But we want to talk about the cure for it. How will you overcome discouragement in your life? Well, the very first thing that you must do is to realize that you are not alone. You're not alone. Go back to the text in Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily ensnare us. You see, we've got to realize that we're not alone. We've got to realize that there is a cloud of witnesses around us. 
Elijah became discouraged because he thought he was alone. But God assured him, you're not alone. There were 7,000 that had not bowed the need to Baal. He was not alone. Paul was in prison when he wrote the book of 2 Timothy. And in the fourth division of that book, Paul said that he was forsaken by man. He felt alone. But then with the next sweep of the pen, he said, but the Lord stood with me. There are those that have gone before who say, you can do it. That's what the writer means when he said, we're compassed about or surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. It is likely that the witnesses, that great company of witnesses that he refers to, are all of those persons of faith back in chapter 11. And the fact that they live their lives by faith and they live their lives by faith successfully is evidence that we can do it. So what those people are saying in essence, you can, you can continue. See, there's no need to be discouraged. All of us, however, need that kind of encouragement. We need the encouragement from other people. Jackie Robinson was a great great baseball player. Uh, he was the first uh, black man to play in the major leagues. He was at Brooklyn, and he made an error. And the people in the stands began to boo him. And then Pee Wee Reese walked over to him, put his arm around his shoulder, and then when Pee Wee Reese did that, the booing stopped. And Jackie Robinson said that the encouragement from Pee Wee saved his career. How many people can we help today by simply encouraging them? But we can over, overcome the discouragement in our life by realizing that we are not alone. Secondly, we can overcome discouragement by ridding ourselves of hindrances. Look at verse 1 again. We are to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Some of you might remember the television program Wagon Train. Oh, some of the younger people watching this would not... Uh, recognize that because that's quite an old program. But I remember as a boy watching Wagon Train and they would go out, be going out across the plains and they would run into difficulty and then there might be occasions where they would have to lighten the load and they'd have to start taking things off of their wagons and leaving them behind. Maybe the terrain was so tough that that they could not continue as they were with the loads they were carrying. And someone has said that you could tell the, where the wagon trains had been across the plains by all of the different things that they left behind. You see, sometimes we become loaded down. We become so loaded down that we're not able to continue. And we will become so discouraged by the weights and the hindrances 
that we have in our lives. I have been in times past a, a runner. And uh, I would get out every day, five, seven days a week, and I would get out and run. Wherever I was, I would get out and run. And I learned one thing, that you can run much better if you don't have a lot of weight on you. And of course that has to do with the physical body, but also there was a time that I would put weights on my ankles and try to run with those weights on my ankles, and then when I'd take them off, I felt as though I could fly. You see, you're not going to be able to overcome discouragement if there are things in your life that are hindrances to you burdens that you're carrying, the burdens of sin that you're carrying that are going to be a discouragement to you. But may I remind you that burdens are lifted at Calvary and the burden of your sin can be taken off of you by coming to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you've never done that and you need to be a Christian today, I want to encourage you as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, to be willing to turn away from sin in your life, that is to repent. I want to encourage you to be willing to acknowledge that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And I want to encourage you to be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. And so those burdens that you're carrying, the burden of sin, can be lifted from you. In order that you might not be hindered, remove the hindrance. But another thing that we do to overcome discouragement is, according to verse 1, we need to run with endurance or patience. Uh, the New King James says, let us run with endurance. The King James Version says, let us run with patience this race that is set before us. And it, of course, both words, endurance and patience, mean the same. One thing you must do as a runner is learn to pace yourself. I've seen people get out and they get on their running gear and they get out and they're all fired up and they just start out wide open. And it's not long until they're they're, they're so exhausted, they have to stop. Well, one thing I learned as a runner, something that I'm no longer able to do because of bad knees, one thing I've learned, that you pace yourself. You just get a good, steady pace, and you keep up that good, steady pace, and you feel like that you could run and run and run. If we're going to, to overcome discouragement in our lives, we need to run the Christian race with patience and endurance. We need to endure. Jesus said that if a man endures to the end, that's the man that's going to be saved. The person that wins the race is not the one who gets overcome by some hindrance along the way. The one that r wins the race is the one that is steady, that is enduring, is patient, and keeps on keeping on until he crosses the finish line.
All people are not going to cross the finish line. In Galatians 5 and verse 7, Paul said, You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Some people get hindered along the way. And one of those things that can hinder us is discouragement. Run with patience. Run with patience. And then another thing that will help us to overcome discouragement is to keep our attention riveted on the Lord Jesus Christ. Look in verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. Rivet your attention on the Lord Jesus Christ. He finished what he set out to do. When he was hanging on the cross, Jesus said to the Father, It is finished. And he meant that he had finished the work of redemption by dying on that cross. And while Jesus was hanging on that cross, every eye was fixed upon him. One of the passages we read in the gospel according to Matthew is this. And sitting down, they watched him there. Have you ever wondered what they saw when they sat down and looked at Jesus upon that cross? Some saw an imposter. Some saw a blasphemer. Some saw one who had become the Savior of the world. A sin substitute, if you please. But what do you see when you look at Jesus on the cross? You know our biggest danger in living the Christian life? The danger of taking our eyes off of Jesus? I've known many people who started out in living the Christian life and they served the Lord faithfully for a number of years. But then something began to interfere. And that interference led to them taking their eyes off of Jesus. I'm speaking to people right now, I'm persuaded, who have their eyes focused on Christ. So some of you are focused on Christ and yet you've not obeyed Him. May I encourage you to obey Him today, to obey Him at your earliest convenience, at your earliest opportunity. It's an urgent matter. And I would urge you to do that. I know some of you say, I believe in Jesus and I'm willing to repent of my sins. Well, then would you submit to baptism that would put you into Christ, Galatians 3.27, that wash away your sins, Acts 22.16, that would put you into the body of Christ called the church, 1 Corinthians 12 and, and verse 13. Would you focus on Jesus Christ? Now I realize that anytime you speak to an audience like I have today, you're speaking to such a diverse audience. I'm speaking to people who are saved. I'm speaking to people who are not saved. I'm speaking to people who are very confident about their lives, being very successful with their lives, and I also realize that I'm speaking to people 
who've become discouraged. And it's to those that are discouraged that I want to, to make an appeal right now. There isn't any need for us to stay in a state of discouragement. Not, not when we can overcome it. I want you to listen again to these words. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, focusing on Jesus, who's the author and finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him. How could the cross be joy? Because Jesus knew the end result, and that was our salvation. He despised the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of God. Now verse 3 is what I want you to think about. For consider him, focus on Christ, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Consider Jesus. Why should we consider him? lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Jesus did not become discouraged in going to the cross. Was it agony? Yes. Was it painful? Yes. But Jesus endured to the end. And so can we. There isn't any need for us to become discouraged. I want to encourage you right now to do a certain number of things to overcome discouragement. I want to encourage you to realize that you're not alone. I want to encourage you to realize that we have someone on our side, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Realize that Jesus Christ set an example before you that you can endure to the end. I want to encourage you to start right now living a life, of a positive life. Be encouraged by what others have done, what Jesus has done. We can find a cure for our discouragement. And the closing moments, I'd like to give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also right now, may I urge you to pick up the telephone right now and call the number that you have seen on the screen and request the free Bible correspondence course. It's the best thing you'll ever do for yourself. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you is my prayer. Give me the Bible, holy message shining, my life shall guide me in the narrow way, precept and promise, for in love combining, till I shall vanish in eternal day. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, 
Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.